Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Tessel. This is the official podcast of the Tessel Resource Center at Concordia University, where we discuss all things to do with teaching English as a second or additional language. I'm your host, Sivan, and welcome to the show. So one of the most frequent concerns we hear from prospective students, especially those coming from out of province or another country, is how will my lack of French influence my experience in the TESOL B-Ed? How can I improve my French? How much French do I need to teach English in Montreal? These are all very valid questions, as Montreal is, of course, a dominantly French city. And even if Concordia is an Anglophone university, you will be teaching English in schools and the institutions themselves will be likely francophone. So this means that your colleagues and the language of administration will be French. So to shed some light on these questions, we have another short story episode for you all today, all about the use of French during the internships. I'm joined by Rachel, who is a student in the TESOL B.Ed. at Concordia University and recently completed her final internships and graduated. Yes. Rachel is an Anglophone originally from Ontario, and she's here to talk about the use of French during the internships and how she believes students can better equip themselves to succeed. So hi, Rachel. Thank you so Hello. much for being here. Hi. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so glad. Is there anything you would like to add to that introduction? I just want to say I'm so happy to be here. Um, love the podcast and I'm excited to be a part of it. So thanks again for having me. I'm so excited. I think this is such a conversation we need to have because like I said, so many people ask about French. People don't know what to expect, really. So I'm happy that you can shed some light. So first, tell me, before we start talking about your experiences, tell me, how much French did you know coming into the program? Well, uh, when I moved here six years ago, I pretty much nothing, like the verb to be, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, je m'appelle Rachel. Mm -hmm. That was about the extent of it. So as soon as I arrived, I did like a four-week introductory French course just from like a private school just to get you know the basics down mm -hmm. and then as soon as I could I applied to Concordia and I did a lot of French classes so I was actually in the French program for a year and a half before joining TESOL so I did a lot every year I did summer school okay um, I did there's a program funded by the government called Explore where you go on like an immersive language exchange. I did mine in Sherbrooke for five weeks. Mm -hmm. So that helped me a lot. And I mean, it's nice because it's free and it's a fun experience. And another thing some people might not know is that the French classes that you do at the university, they're subsidized by the government. So you don't have to pay the amount that you would pay for other classes because they're really trying to promote the French language. So I, that was something that I took advantage of mm -hmm. uh, when I moved here. I had been learning French for maybe, you know, a year and a half-ish by the time I started the program and done, let's just say like a lot of classes, a lot of hours, Okay, uh, but starting kind of from scratch. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And how did you, how did you feel actually going into the program? Like, did you feel, okay, I have a good command of the language. I have an adequate amount to communicate. How did you feel? Um, I mean, I think whenever you start learning a language, you get this, like, in the first year, you're just like, oh, my gosh, like, I learned so much so fast. And like, you, it's kind of like a false sense of confidence, in a way, like, 
whenever you're new at something, like at first you start learning so quickly and then it kind of plateaus a little bit. Also for part of the um, TESOL program, like you do have to do credits in another language. So French was some of them and you have a lot of electives. So I used French classes for pretty much all my electives. So I was like, you know, I'm going to keep working on this. And I knew that, you know, it was still a work in progress, but Mm -hmm. I had by that time, you know, enough to like answer the interview questions that they gave me in French during the TESOL like program interview. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was, it's hard to, it was so long ago now, but I think I was just so excited to get in the program and start that I wasn't really stressing about that kind of like you you didn't quite know what to expect like it's hard to be nervous I guess about something you you don't even know really right truly like I'd never worked in a school so there was a lot of things that didn't occur to me yeah like it's hard to picture it when you've never been there so I was just oh I can go to the class and teach English and they told us you never speak French with the kids so I was like well perfect (laughs) right 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 okay so what was What was the reality like? Like, can you just go through some instances that you didn't see coming where you had to use French, basically, in your internships? So whenever you start your internship, you will be introduced to other school staff, the principal, the vice principal, uh, the behavior specialist, just like the other classroom teachers. And for the most part, these people don't speak English and also are not really willing to integrate English into their work environment, which is fair. You can't just expect to everyone to switch for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little nerve wracking, especially, you know, you're meeting the principal and it's like, ooh, you got to be got to be on your game and you don't want to be like, um, the quad these are <laughs> Totally. And they're just going to assume that you know and speak French. But there was that. And then just with the kids in the school, some of them who are not even your students, but when you're a teacher, even when you're an intern, you are expected to uphold the, you know, the standards of the school and enforce them with the kids. And it can be difficult to feel that assertiveness that you need when you're just trying to figure out how do I even say this? Are they going to understand me? Am I going to understand what they say back to me? Yeah. Sometimes you have a lunchtime supervision and you're supervising a lot of different classes, all different age groups. Some of them might be really young and they haven't had English instruction before. So they're expecting their teachers to talk to them in French Yeah, and vice versa. They're going to talk to you in French for sure. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And that can also sometimes I think feel, especially with the disciplining, I can imagine that that feels really strange sometimes. How can I assert in a way my authority when I don't feel like I have the strongest grasp on the language? Yeah, and kids are smart and they pick up on everything. And if you're not sure of yourself, they're going to know it. And when you don't have a grasp on the language, they will take that and use it to their advantage. They'll use it against you. So it's just, uh, I think a lot of people, especially when you're somewhere new, it's like you have trouble feeling confident and assertive and Mm -hmm. maybe you feel some imposter syndrome. And for me, the language thing added a whole nother level to that. And it was stressful. I'm not going to lie. Like it was, I would say it was the main source of my stress throughout the internship. (laughs) That's super interesting. And I think that is something that should totally be taken into account. It can be really, I mean, it is super, super stressful just to feel like baseline 
that communication that there's a, a certain gap that it's not super solid. Totally. But I mean, like, I'm that being said, like, you know, you learn things from it's, I wouldn't change it. You know, I learned a lot from that. But if you're bilingual, for sure, you have a, an advantage. Mm -hmm. Did you feel a difference, let's say between elementary and high school in terms of how the students approached your your French ability? I would say that in high school, they have been exposed to English a lot longer. So in that, and they're just more mature. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's easier for them to communicate with you in English and to especially understand you, even if you speak to them in English, they respond in French. They have that just a, a better grasp on the English language. Mm -hmm. Whereas like young kids, some of them, they really don't have that confidence yet, or they just don't have enough experience. Yeah. And I feel like primary school, there's tears every day, every single class, every somebody's crying every day. And they get really worked up and for sure, like forget about trying to speak English with them when they're in that state. High yeah. school too, it's like that. But mm -hmm. I mean, primary school, it's like all the time somebody's crying about something. Yeah. So you have to know how to how to be that like comforting, not just like we we're talking about disciplining before, but it's also like being that comforting presence for sure. in, in French. And like, yeah, just like letting them, you know, talk it out. A lot of times what I would do is at the beginning, I would say who's bilingual in the class. Hmm. And I would elect them as my helper. Hmm. And I'd be like, you're the class translator. Like if ever a situation comes up and I need a translator, like you're my person. Okay. It like makes the kid feel important. I'd be like, hey, I need your superpower, Jada. Like you're my translator. We need your superpowers. And then you, the other kids too, instead of asking me, they'd be like, Jada, we need your superpower. Like, come here. That's amazing. I, I love that. I love that strategy. There's there's definitely power in in helping, right? Like people feel that that power. That's fantastic. Were there any other instances that came up that you think are worth mentioning? Like unexpected instances where you you had to use French. All the computers you use, all the computer systems, like if you go to the computer lab with kids, if they have laptops in the classrooms, iPads, like anything like that, that's all going to be in French. Mm -hmm. Normally, you get a computer, a laptop to use, or you're using your CT's laptop. Just that can be a bit of a surprise when you open a computer and you're like, oh, because it's specific words that you might not have learned, like. Mm -hmm, a window mm -hmm. it's not I, I don't know like computer specific knowledge it's and yeah. things like the keyboard is different so I'm like how do I make an at sign how do I make you know there's like different buttons that you have to press and I was just like oh my gosh so like that was stressful sometimes but again there's always a kid in the class who's super good with computers and I'd be like I'm gonna elect my tech team uh-huh. And then I'd be like, tech team, get up here. Like, I need you to do this for me. And they're just like, oh, okay, like, let me get in there. Like, yeah, it makes them feel really important. So mm -hmm. that's how I dealt with that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, I mean, you're going to be alone somewhere. Like, maybe you're trying to prepare something on your lunch or you're there before school and you're like, what? So there's that. Uh -huh. um, if ever, like, you kick a kid out of class, there's normally a report that needs to fill out that needs to be in French. You're going to mm -hmm. need to communicate with the behavior specialist in French the kids' parents, 
normally they don't speak English. So how was that for you? I mean, like the parent teacher interviews, for example, like the communications with parents, I mean, parents ask, can ask, not always, but they, they can ask, you know, for pretty detailed things sometimes. So how was that? Yeah, when that would happen, like if I was writing a note in an agenda, I would normally, you know, like check it on Google Translate and then have another teacher check it over for me mm-hmm. before sending it. And then it's like, okay, I wrote them a note, but hopefully they'll write me back and not call me. But if they did want to call me, then it would be the situation where I'd just tell my CT, like, look, I need you to be here because yeah, who knows yeah. how much I'm going to understand. And I don't want, it's just, you know, going to be so confusing if we can't communicate well. Luckily, you'll have your CT for those situations, but you it's you got to keep in mind, like when you start working, you're on your own. Totally. Every time I was just like, okay, thank God I have them here to help me with this, but I don't know what I would have done alone, which also brings me to meetings. There's going to be a lot of staff meetings that you have to attend. For sure, during your internship, you'll attend them. And it's just, it's really hard to pay attention to a boring meeting in your own language, let alone in French. So, and then sometimes people will ask you things and you're like, <laughs> it's interesting too, though, because you can communicate in French. I mean, from what you were telling me, you, you understand and you took all these classes. You, you did classes in French, but I think there's a certain, it's almost like a different kind of French. Like it's in the moment and maybe much more colloquial, perhaps. There's like almost the French that you would use, say, in the classes, but then obviously in the real world, that's a different caliber. What do you think about that? Totally. And there's slang and like the accents are different. Like even a lot of my professors at Concordia, they were more the France French accent. And it's funny because now like a lot of times when I speak French, people are like, why are you putting on a France accent? And I was like, oh, I didn't know that I was. But I guess it's like you just copy. Mm-hmm. You're just doing the best you can trying to sound like how you think the word should sound. But people would always remark like, wow, what's with your what's with your little French accent? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't. It wasn't intentional. I didn't know I was doing that. It's just what you learned. Uh, yeah. So then, you know, the, the Quebecer French, it's a lot. I feel like the Montreal accent is more clear. But when you're dealing with people who are from regional Quebec, it's, it's a different variety. Like, and that's something to think about, right? Is that there's different varieties of Quebecois French. So you can you can learn something in your classes, but then what you will encounter when you're actually working could be a really, really different variety of French. Super valid. Right. Okay, wait. So we were talking, we had some of your strategies interspersed there. You were talking about getting some students as like your expert teams, which I love because I, like I said, I think when you, when you get people to help, it's very empowering for them. Wonderful. Um, you had your CTs who you would also help. Did you have any other strategies? Like basically, what would you recommend to other BED students? I would say just be prepared for people who are not so accepting of the English language. I mean, your CT will probably be fine because it's English teacher, but I had a CT who was not willing to speak to me in English. And just being, you know, like they tell you a lot of times, like, oh, don't just like be by yourself, like talk to other teachers in the staff room, like get to know the staff, uh, get to know the janitor, get to know the um, receptionist, get to know everyone. Mm-hmm. But that that can be a little intimidating uh, when you're not confident. So I would definitely recommend like learning as much French as you can mm-hmm. before slash during like use your electives for French classes. You will thank yourself later. The Concordia also has 
jazz ons like conversation groups and like this past fall they had one a class a free class called fcon and it was cultural activities you just like it was super fun like you go around to the gentleman market um old montreal and you just go learn about you go to museums and you speak french the whole time very cool so things like that it's free it's pretty fun i would recommend the explore program free fun try like we have netflix there's a lot of quebec movies i think you know like watching the quebec films will really help you with Mm. the accent and there's so many good ones you know i was surprised like canadian film is known for not being the best but i feel (laughs) like quebec like they have a lot of great stories so true i find also um this is not netflix anymore but i find also like kids books here i find in quebec we have such an edge I don't know. We, like, there's such a there's such a cool edge here. A raw, like it's just real, you know. Like it's not that like Disney Hollywood. No, no, no. it's a real story, real people. So true. Great stories. Mm-hmm. There's so many great Quebec films that I've watched, and that that will help you with the slang. It will help you with the accent. If you're someone who has who can tolerate roommates, try to get Quebec roommates if you can. Honestly, just try to surround yourself with it as much as possible to help the future or current you. And just like anything you can do to make yourself feel more comfortable and like give yourself more experience. If you're coming in from zero and you're starting the program, mm, I don't know. Like I don't, maybe rethink it, to be honest. Yeah. Some people think, oh, because I'm teaching English, I, I really don't need to know so much French. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that this is a this is truly, it's a French city. This is a dominantly French city and the institutions are going to be French. You are 110% going to need to speak French. And it's not even just like a lot of people say, oh, you can survive with English, but you'll thrive with French. No, I think it's a bit of a survive thing. (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. And I've heard that a lot too, especially I talk to people from a lot of people from the West Island. They're like, no, you don't need to speak French at all. It won't affect your life at all. But I'm like, hello. I moved here and I was isolated for the first year. I couldn't, I couldn't read advertisements. I couldn't read billboards. I couldn't understand what was going on around me. It was super isolating. You can't tell me that, oh, you don't need it at all. And even no matter what you do, really, like I remember working in a restaurant and I somehow passed the interview and got hired to only find out everything in the computer. Like the POS system is all in French. I have to talk to the kitchen staff in French. I have to talk to customers, you know, like, no matter what you do, really, if you're living here, it's going to help you a lot. So even if you don't decide to go in the program, if you want to have a life in Quebec, you better do this to help yourself. Two, two things that came to mind. So you were also saying just about, right, these like computer systems. That's something you can totally familiarize yourself with before. Like learn how a, a French computer okay, yeah. works. Yeah, just go to the library something and try to type something and then another thing that came to mind is so uh okay i've never actually mentioned this i think on the podcast but i'm from montreal uh but my family is anglophone so i i mean like i can speak french but i grew up speaking english my both my parents speak english so my french is definitely accented and it's something that i am to this day i would say insecure about like it's just it just is the way it is you know (laughs) just is the way it is relatable (laughs) and i remember for my last job during the interview when they asked me about my weaknesses i said look i get it like i this is a weakness like i i don't think i'm 
bilingual perhaps to the standard that you want me to be bilingual, which I think is to have mother tongue proficiency in both languages. But this is something that I acknowledge and that I'm actively working on. So I think almost to to not even just shy away from it, like perhaps to acknowledge it with your colleagues and to take ownership of it, I think for me at least, it was a good move. It was a good move. It helped me out. And people were very sympathetic after. That's what I found. Yeah, I think somehow I found it's better instead of being like, yeah, I, I speak French. I learned French. To just be like, oh, sorry for my French. It's really bad. And then normally, <laughs> normally they're like, oh, no, you're doing great or something. Like, it's funny when I first moved here because I got so much negative feedback. I used to pretend that I was American because I'd be like, oh, I'm from the States. Like, I yeah, like I'm learning French and people would be like, good for you. Like, you're doing great. But if I was like, I'm from Canada, it's like, pourquoi tu parles pas français alors? You know, it's like, oh. Expectations. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, it is a sensitive point for people in this province. And I understand why, you know, you got to protect the language and the culture. And if they weren't like that, like, who knows, maybe we would have lost it already. So I think also coming from a place of understanding why mm. can help Big time. and being empathetic to the reasons behind it, being mindful of why people feel this way, why they need to protect it at all costs. That is so, so true and such a good point. It's not just a matter of learning the language and making the effort, but really understanding why it's important to you. Okay, Rachel, you're amazing. And I think we could talk for a long time, but I'm going to stop it here. Is there any other just final words of advice, something you want to say to the B-Ed student or TESOL enthusiast that is possibly listening to this? I would say, you know, going into it, it always feels, sometimes things feel like impossible or never ending, but everyone survives. You make it through, it can feel like the end of the world at the time, but you finish and you look back on it and you laugh. Things that were super stressful during my internship regarding French that would like make me cry when I came home, I laugh about them now. So just don't take it too seriously, even if it feels like the end of the world. It's not. You'll survive. You'll live to tell the tale, just like I am right now. <laughs> That's totally wonderful advice. Uh, I will also just add, of course, at the Tesla Resource Center, we have a lot of resources to help you. Hey, that's what we do. I mean, we offer a mentorship program. Yeah. If you're in your first year teaching, get a mentor. Like, let's say, for example, you, I don't know, you need help with French or anything. The mentor can help you with that. Also on our Moodle page, we have all documents you need. It's just there. It's super easy. Anything ministry related, any kind of, I don't know, subbing toolkits, teaching abroad toolkits, whatever the heck you need, it's there. And if we don't have it, we'll make it. Yeah, take advantage. Take advantage of all the, the tools that you have. It's going to help you so much. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to suffer in silence. Totally. Even though sometimes I think as a teacher, it can feel that way a bit. Like you're you're alone in your classroom and you're like, oh my God, I'm it's just me and my little fishbowl. But no, no, you're in a big ocean, actually. So yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining. Yeah, well, thank you. It was a pleasure. Mm -hmm.